Okay, so <coughs> we left off yesterday's class <coughs> with two Nakudas. Nakuda number one is how to look at a non-Jew in terms of can I say that I'm better than him? And the answer is no. That's not how to look at it. Right? The way to look at it is Baruch Hashem, Shalosanigoy, thank you, God, for not making me into a non-Jew. Right? But that is not something that I accomplished inside myself. In other words, I didn't do it. That's something that Hashem did for me. That's, that's the bottom line. And so therefore, I have to be grateful, but I can't look at myself as being, so to speak, better than him, because I didn't really accomplish anything to, do, to make it myself better than him. That's Mitzad uh, one point. The second point that we were saying at the end of yesterday's class is that a person could look at another Jew and say, wow, look, I'm from, I'm religious, I do all the mitzvahs, right? And so therefore I am, so to speak, a greater person than my fellow Jew that is not doing all the mitzvahs or is not learning Torah and not doing the things that seemingly he should be doing. And so we said, wrong over there as well. Because if it wasn't for Hashem, trying or sitting there and putting up a, so to speak, a force field in front of me, <coughs> then the chitzonim would be attacking me and I would also fall. So in either way, I recognize that it's not my doing. In other words, it's Hashem that's helping me out in each case. And so therefore, the emotion that I should be feeling is not an emotion of I am better or I accomplished so much and therefore I deserve it's more a feeling of, of gratefulness that this is where I'm holding. So let's go into uh, what we have here, Paragimel. So he says that we started talking about the idea of falling, mitzad his avoida. So we have to say that the cause of the falling by a person, it comes little by little. In other words, it comes by level after level. Until finally he falls into true evil. Until he falls into Ra Gomor. Like Ka'ayver Avoid Zara, Begilu Yarayas, right? Right, it says in the, in the Gemara in Shabbos, it says the Yitzhahara speaks to him and says, In other words, he says to him, Do this, do this, do the other thing, until finally at the end of the whole, you know, kitten caboodle, then he says to him, Oh, go and serve Avodah Zara. But he doesn't start off by saying that. No one's going to go and just bow down to a rock, right? No one's going to go and do something. No, he starts with like a little thing. He says, he begins with a small little thing. And then he's over. He transgresses in Isr de Rabbanan. Like it says in Pirkei Avos, Avera Gorer is Avera. One Avera causes there to be another Avera. Until finally... He does something that is really a serious crime, so to speak. That's the way it works. That's the. That's actually what's happening. Then now he brings a story. There's a story. There's a story from the times of the Arizal. It's written out over there. 
There was a person, there was a soul of someone that did not have a tikkun from the times of the Gemara. Which is a serious amount of time, right? You're talking about, right, Darizal lived in the 1500s. The Gemara is a time of like uh, 200, right? So you're talking about 1300 years. So what happened over there? <coughs> so he says, Vesiba San Yifiloso. So what happened over there? <coughs> the cause of his nefila, of his falling, was that he messed up with an Isra de Rabbanon, and then he became very depressed. And this depression, that it was not L'Shem Shemaim, Rak Machshavas Hara. It was only the Machshava of the Yetzirahara. Kedela Hapilu Aid Beisurim Chamurim. Because the Yetzirahara was trying to get him to fall into even further and worse issues. In other words, what happened over there was that the Yetzirahara came along and he says to him, Look, you're doing this, you're doing that, you know, and it causes him to get more and more depressed. And as he becomes more and more depressed, he starts falling further and further because he just doesn't care. Like, what's the difference anymore, right? And until he falls into the worst things. And now this is the key line. What happened was, due to this whole set of circumstances, Hashem pulled off from him what he's calling here a shmiras hamakif, right? A guarding that is surrounding him. In other words, a force field. What he's saying here is that each Jew, he has a force field. And what is the force field supposed to do? The force field is supposed to cause shelo yagu bo hachitzonim. That the chitzonim, chitzonim means the sitra acher, right? The outside, so to speak, the camp of the Kedusha. That the objective is that these chitzonim should not touch a Jew. The klipa should not be able to attack a Jew. And when a person has this, so to speak, spiritual force field around him, that's in fact exactly what happens. No Jew could be attacked. However, if Hashem would remove this force field, so then he has no chance. Right? So he says, That's what we said in the Gemara from yesterday, right? That if it wasn't for Hashem standing by my right side helping me, right, then I would fall. So So he would be falling, he would be tripping up on all the Averas that the Chitsoinim are like setting up for him. They're messing him up. It's just the only reason why this is not happening to us is because from above, Hashem is setting up this force field and this force field is acting like a, a guard, a warning for all the negative spiritual forces that they should not attack. That that's the idea. That's what's going on here. And then he says, Kamosha Amru Begamara. It says about this in Begamara, but Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Meir, Rabbiya. So if you look down on the bottom of the page, you have a number five, it says in the Gemara Kandushin, there's a story about Rabbi Meir, right? That he was, so to speak, he was making fun so, uh, of. Uh, you know, people that do, went against uh, did, uh, did a virus, right? 
In other words, if you take a look at footnote number five, it says Rashi says about this phrase, it says Rabbi Meir Hava Mislaisis Ba Oivre Avera. Rashi says, that it would be easy for him to win out over the Yetzirah, right? And it would be easy for those people to win out over the Yetzirah if the people would only want, right? So what happened? So, you could look at the, the if you look down a little bit, uh, there's some brackets, it's written in Hebrew. So the Satan came to him one day, on the other side of the river, in an image of a woman. Right? Then there was no bridge there for him to get over to the other side. So it, what happened was that by Rabbi Meir, they took away the chitzon, they took away the, excuse me, the shmira. They took away the force field. So what happened? Right? He took whatever he could find and put it down in order that he should get down he get from one side to the other. It took a rope, right? That he's going to be able to do this. He's just in like, like anything he can do to get to the other side. <coughs> when he got to halfway through, right? What happened was the Yitzhahara went away. So Amar Yitzhahara, the Yitzhahara said to him, Lulei hayu machrizim b'shamayim hisaro b'rabi meir b'toyraso hayisi oyseh demecha shavalishteidem maos. Basically, what he's saying is that if Shemayim would not have placed back upon you the uh, force field, right? So then uh, you would have, uh, you know, because they said, wait, watch out for Rabbi Meir and his Torah. So you would have been in big trouble, basically. And the same thing happened with Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, same idea. Right? This time the Sultan dressed up as a woman and jumped, it was on top of a palm tree. Whatever. The same story, again, also with the Baya. In other words, what we're seeing here is that the Rebbe is showing us that this is not a, you know, this is not something that just, oh, ordinary people will fall down. Even the greatest people. You're talking about the greatest people here. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Meir, Abaya. You know, this is, this is not, uh, this is not just little things. So even them, right? If they didn't have that force field, if they did not have that, that spiritual guarding, they would fall also. So we see from this whole story that what? That if Hashem would take away this force field from us, we'd be in big trouble. So the fact that we are able to conquer our Yetzirahara has a lot to do with Hashem's helping us. If not completely to do with Hashem helping us. The fact is that we have this energy that's around us, which is keeping away all of the negativity. And that's what's helping us. Right? Namely that they made an announcement and was warning about this person. So what is this? What is this Azhara? What is this energy? So this energy is coming from the level of the of the makifim ha'elyonim, the very high transcendent levels. These levels are called the shomrim. like it says in Tehillim, ragle chasadav yishmor, the feet of my pious ones I will guard. Right, we say it every Friday night, right before Eishes Chayel, right. His his malachim, so to speak, his messengers, his angels. 
are commanded to guard. This is the essence of Hashem Himself, which is becoming a makif to every Jewish neshama, surrounding the Jewish neshama. That's a force field. That's what it is. That we should not fall to the chitzonim. That's the thing. That force field is what's keeping me from. So with this in mind, can I really look down on another Jew that's not from? Of course not. Baruch Hashem, the Abish is putting this force field on me. Like it says, also in Tehillim, that in the Tzalem, like in the, uh, the shadow, so to speak, or the form, right? That's how a person goes. Hanikra Mazla. So this form, right, this form is called a Mazl. Yeah? It's a Makif that's above, that's transcendent. And it's causing it to be like a mazel, right? The mazel is coming from the word to drip, to drip down, right? That's the idea. So this is the idea here that the <coughs> spiritual energy is dripping down upon us and it's surrounding us and it's keeping us safe. Now it says, So that person, now it's interesting, these words, seemingly on the surface, here is referring to the story that we just mentioned. The person who was, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the person who was, um, <coughs> excuse me, that was mentioned at the beginning of this parak, right? That that's what we're talking about, right? The fact that he fell into such bad averas, kolkach, hulafisha hayabahefach. The reason why is because the opposite thing happened here. That from him, what happened? <clears throat> they took off, Hashem took off this makif. They took off this, this energy, this force field. That what is, let's, let's go into it a little bit more clearly. What is this force field? It's like a sign or a roishim, an imprint. That they put on the person that the chitzonim are going to see it, and they're going to be very careful. They can't come close, right? Like like the story with with Cain, right? Cain. The story goes that right that Hashem, after he sent him out of Gan Eden, right, he put a sign on him. And this sign, when the animals see it, right, they're afraid. They didn't attack him. <clears throat> That's what wound up happening. Same thing here. Now we have this sign on us. And this sign is what's causing us to, to, to like be, you know, complete. That it's causing us not to have this energy, this negative energy attack us. That's what, that's the idea. Balkain memeli yipol so what happened was that automatically he fell into the chitzonim and he became impurified and he just went down from level to level to level to level to level to level until for 1300 years he was not able to be metakent he was not able to be fixed so 
the obvious question is over here that we need to ask we're about to ask this in a second is from the discussion that we had now in the Mimer what appears to be the case is that what caused him to fall he was he was messed up on a Rabbanan but that's not what caused him to fall what caused him to fall it says right afterwards is that he became depressed that's what caused him to fall so now the question comes out what do you mean that <clears throat> because he got depressed what should he do in other words he's not getting depressed because he did a, a mitzvah he's getting depressed because he did an Avera seemingly that's what he should be experiencing he should be upset he should be in pain look I, the guy did an Avera he should be broken about it so what's the problem here in other words, we have an issue here. We, like, we don't, I don't understand what, what we're talking about. And this is what it means when the Gemara says in Shabbos, someone who wants to metame himself, so the Abisha is going to open up the roadway. You want to say to me that Hashem doesn't exist? No problem. I'm going to prove to you that Hashem doesn't exist. You want to say to me Hashem exists? Oh, now we're talking. But if you're going to say to me that Hashem okay, I'm going to prove you're right. Whichever derech we want to take, Hashem leads us in that derech. <clears throat> we want to metame ourselves, Hashem's going to make the juiciest, most exciting metameing things come up in front of our lives. No problem. Perish paiskim. What does it mean, paiskim, that he opens up? <coughs> that on the surface we have to understand this what is this that what we said before is that through the atzvus through the depression namely it's a very very fascinating word that he uses here means that he caused himself to become depressed this is not a chemical or whatever. This is a, he caused himself to become depressed. This is his doing. Because of him causing himself to become depressed, this is what caused him to become even into a lower state of being. Wait a minute. What is he getting depressed about? He's getting depressed that he did an Avera. Like, what do you want him to do? He should jump up and down for joy and, like, uh, dance? He did seemingly the right thing. Okay, what happens? I do an Avera and I get depressed about it. What's wrong with that? No, I do an Avera and I go and make a party because I did this Avera. Like, like what, what are we talking about here? That's, how does that work? He's bitter in his soul because of his sins. Like, what's wrong with this? This should cause him to go against sin. This should cause him to go away from sinning any further. How could we possibly be saying the opposite? That this should cause him to sin even more? That, that, that is very hard for me to understand what we're talking about here. That seems so counterintuitive. So we really have to understand how this works. Achayinians, the point is as follows. 
that just like Hashem made a side of Kedusha, so Hashem made also a side the opposite of Kedusha. That just like we have in the Sitra of Kedusha, we have the level of Bittl. Like we said before, what's the idea of Kedusha? The idea of mevatling my yeshus, right? Mevatling myself. Like we said before about Rabbi Abba, they put their eyes on Rabbi Abba. We said in yesterday, two days ago's class, right? Eliyahu Navi and said, oh, who is the one that makes himself like, no, like, uh, like that he's low? That's the idea. That's Rabbi Abba. That's Moshe Rabbeinu. So that's the side of Kedusha. This is called Anikra Anava Canal. This is called humility, like we said before. He's a lack of feeling for the self. This is known as the Askufa. Askufa is a Askufa is a threshold, like on a doorway. Right? Like when you walk through the doorway, there's a threshold on the bottom. Shahakol Dorisimalecha. That everyone tramples over it. The Kamo, like we say in, in Shimon Esra every day, my soul should be like dust to everyone. So, so this is the idea of this threshold. What is the threshold to Kedusha? The threshold to Kedusha is to be an Askupa. Shahu Kamo Askupa Habayis. This is like the threshold of a house. That everyone goes over it from one city, from one room to the inner room. That's how you walk through in a house. And every entryway, from a room to an inner sanctuary, an inner place. The only way to do this is by going past the askupa. This is the this is the aside of the doorway to go into. So this is the idea of anava. This is the idea of bittel. That's the idea that he feels in the sense of bittel. This is like the askufa. That he went into the inner chambers from one hechel to the inner hechel. Everyone's catching? In other words, what's the what's the way to do it? The way to do it is to be enough, to be a humble person, to be as to be a to be bittel dikayid. That's how you go from one place to the next place. That's how you go from chamber to inner chamber. Because all the lights that go through, that's how it goes through. Through his being an Anav. That's how it works. V'zehu shekasu v'zehashar l'Hashem. And that's why it's written, this is the gateway to Hashem. That's why it's written this way. Hainu b'chines yisayid l'kol ha'pizchim al-yaynim. That is the yisayid of all the inner entryways. That's how you go from level to level. Yeah? K'ma shekasu v'hinasu pizchay o'ilam. Namely, going back to what we said in the first parak, 
all the way back to the beginning, that what does it mean to be an anav? To recognize that whatever he's doing, he's supposed to be doing. That that's the idea. That's the way he's supposed to be. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning Torah all day. Good, that's what you're supposed to be doing. I'm making buckles all day. Good, that's what you're supposed to be doing. To not make a bigger deal out of it more than who he is. This is who I am. I'm a simple Jew. It's a total like undressing of the self in an absolute way. He's just taking taking himself out of the picture. He does what he's supposed to do. Therefore, I'm an anav. So now, what about the other way around? You guys following? You with me? So just like you have an askufa <coughs> to Kedusha, you have a doorway to Kedusha, you have a threshold to Kedusha. So just like we said, everything I said that Hashem made on the side of Kedusha, you also made on the side of Klippa. So how does this play out? You also have a threshold on the side of the klipa that enters into the heichalos of Tuma, the chambers of Tuma. It's the complete opposite of what causes there to be an entryway into the heichalos of Kedusha. Over here, it's interesting. He says it's the level of atzvus, but really, what he's what he what he brings out, and we'll see in the next couple of lines. And this is a big question: Why does he say atzvus here? Because really, as he's going to show, that atzvus is really coming from yeshus, and really the opposite of the askupa of kedusha, which is hanava, the opposite of that is yeshus, not not really atzvus. <coughs> the opposite of simcha is atzvus, <coughs> but we haven't mentioned simcha yet. We're just talking about the idea of yesh versus bittel. But anyway, so I have a question on this word here. I don't know why, why, why that's the word that's being used. Anyway, but then he defines it. Now he defined it. Namely, that he's doing everything for himself. What's in it for me? That's yeshus. In other words, the opposite of bittel, which is I'm other aware is yeshus, which is I am self-consumed. See the difference? Yeah, come on. Well, because depression is self-consumed. Wait, 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 Let's not, let, let, let's, I know that he wrote the word depression here. I want to, I, I, I want to not focus on that word right now because I want to build, a, I want to build a building right now, right? So we're not mentioning simcha, we're not mentioning atzus right now. All we're mentioning is, <clears throat> at this point in time, is bittel, which we're talking about as being other aware, not consumed with oneself, and yeshus, which we're defining now as being consumed with oneself. Everything surrounds me. Everything is about me. Where does this come from? Because he feels himself to such an extent. Where do we see these words? We recently did a mimer. We used almost exactly the same words. Anyone remember? Remember? The Friedrich Rebbe is Mimer, Isa Bazaar. Right? What did we say in the second parak over there? We said over there, where does this whole problem come from? It comes from Shezeu Rachmetzan Hergesh's Atzmu B'Yoyser. 
right? That was the words he used. And then he used the Yiddish words to even express it, even to an extradition. But Mamish, those are the words that he uses over there in the second paragraph. Same words. Now, he brings back the idea of Atzus. And we're going to tie it in now. <clears throat> and he says like this. He says, where does the, basically what is he saying here is, where does the Atzus come from? So let's, let's, oh, we're basically out of time. Okay, we're right at the, such an important part, whatever. Anyway, but let's just let's just uh, let's just bring this out for a second, and then we'll we'll continue tomorrow. We have to understand simcha and atzvus first for a second. Let's let's take a step back and let's define them. <coughs> atzvus, essentially, people will defi- say it. This means that he feels sad, and happiness simcha means he feels happy. But the way Hasidus really interprets these concepts is very different. Atzfus is a state of not feeling. Simcha is a state of feeling. In other words, Simcha and Atzfus are not emotions. It is a pipeline that allows you to experience the emotions. In other words, a person who is, <coughs> let's say, bitter, about something. He's really upset that he did something wrong. Right? He made it, he messed up. He messed up. He's not depressed. He feels it in a major way. <coughs> like we've spoken about a lot of times. A person who's bitter about something is not going to be able to fall asleep at night because he's so worked up over it. A person who's depressed can't get out of bed in the morning. It's a very different energy. It's totally a different to- story. So the atzvus is really a lack of feeling of emotion more than anything else. He doesn't really feel. He just, he's dead in his bed. Simcha is, he, he's, he's, he's like, the word that comes to my mind is like, he's like, like alive. He's like alive with everything in life. Who's a simcha different person? It doesn't mean he's always smiling. Right? That doesn't, that's not simcha. Simcha is that he's mamish, he's, he's vibrant. <clears throat> a person who's vibrant is besimcha. <clears throat> a person who feels is besimcha. A person who feels anything. He feels the, the, the sadness of a situation. <clears throat> like my wife always talks to me about this other, this woman doctor that works in her office. <clears throat> that she's so sensitive to the different causes of people, like she'll just cry, she'll break down crying when she like sees like a, ch- a child that's going through such a hard, or a family that's going through such so She's not depressed, she's alive. She's so alive. That's Simcha. Depression is the opposite of that. Depression is that I cannot feel anything. I am so blocked up. I just don't feel. And therefore, why should I bother getting out of bed in the morning? Like, why should I even bother? There's nothing to work, there's nothing to bother for. So what he's about to say, and we'll talk about it more in tomorrow's class, is where does this atzvus come from? So on the surface, where we're seeing it comes from is this being totally consumed with oneself. And therefore, when things do not go the way that I think that they should go, because this is what I think I deserve, then it causes me to get into a tizzy where I am not 
like able to even bother, like why should I even bother doing anything? Like why should I even bother trying about anything? And it's like a shutdown valve that a person has in himself. It's like, why should I even bother? Okay, okay, we have to define this a little bit more clearly. We have to get into it more, but this is the beginning of the discussion. Now that we've like sort of built the edifice, now we can start to really get into it. Okay, Mitzvah Shem will continue with the help of God tomorrow.